Good morning, everyone. It is the 24th of May. My name is Lorna Denny, and I'm joined today by Pella Strataki and Asim Kadri. Last week saw a flurry of volatility, in part brought on by a roller coaster ride for Bitcoin and its fellow cryptocurrencies and prompting fears of crypto contagion to other markets. But back in the analog world, the main talking point was the release of minutes from the US Fed's April meeting. And the markets picked up a slight change of tone from the Fed here, Pella. Thank you, Lorna. So Fed officials generally said that the US economy remained far from the committee's twin goals of full employment and price stability and still required very loose monetary policy. But several officials did argue that if the economy continued to make rapid progress towards the committee's goals, and I quote, it might be appropriate at some point in upcoming meetings to begin discussing a plan for adjusting the pace of asset purchases. In other words, the Fed talking about tapering at some point. Recall that the Fed is currently buying 80 billion of Treasury securities and 40 billion of agency mortgage-backed securities per month. That's $120 billion per month, which has been a powerful support mechanism for markets since last March. Now, the Fed has learned the lesson from the 2013 taper tantrum episode, when an announcement by then-Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke led to a sharp sell-off in equities and bonds alike, and is proceeding with care. Fed Chairman Powell has committed to giving the market plenty of advance warning of any plan to start removing accommodation. Nonetheless, what we see in the April minutes is exactly that. A first heads up for the market that unless something scuppers the economic recovery, we are on a path towards a reduction in monetary support from the Fed. Which is only natural. There seems no doubt now of a fast improving economic backdrop in the US. And that could bring higher inflation, that could bring higher interest rates. Did the bond markets take this calmly? Well, it's interesting. There was a negative reaction initially, and you'd expect bond markets to react badly to talk of tapering. And indeed, the yield of the US 10-year rose to 1.68%, but it came back down by the end of the week. It was pretty much a repeat of the move you saw the week before after that higher than expected CPI print, a noticeable move higher for bond yields, but very short-lived. Interesting. If we look now at the commodities markets, Asim, China's policy shifts seem to have had a big influence recently on the price of iron ore. Hi, Lorna. Yes, that's right. The price of iron ore has hit record highs, although I should add that recently it has dropped off some of those highs. The initial surge that we have seen over the first part of this year really has been part of a broad surge in commodities, and that's been fueled by a synchronized recovery across the major global economies. So, so a key driver behind the rally, as you touched upon, is China and expectations that it will tighten environmental rules to rein in steel production and reduce carbon emissions as part of its green energy transition. So that's led to speculation that steelmakers will front load iron ore purchases before new restrictions are implemented. So as well as the China story, there are also other factors at play behind the rally in iron ore prices and expectations for prices to remain elevated moving forward. And that view is also based on rising steel demand outside of China as large economies accelerate and also whilst the major iron producers in Australia in particular operate at full capacity, therefore constraining supply. However, as I mentioned, the price of iron ore has come down recently and overnight actually fell sharply after China signaled it would focus on efforts to cool soaring prices and you know, policymakers in China warned of excessive speculation as concerns have grown over rising inflation and that did lead to some volatility overnight. Thank you for that. If we return to the theme of responsible investing though, we saw the launch of a new market in the UK last week for carbon credits. Yes, that's right. So last Wednesday saw the first day of Britain's post-Brexit carbon emission scheme. And early prices indicated that big polluters here in the UK will face higher costs than their counterparts in the EU. 
So the new market's been designed by the UK government to put a cost per unit on CO2 emissions. And initially, prices on futures contract traded at £50 a tonne before slipping almost 10% to just under £46 a tonne. So these early futures prices were significantly higher than the EU price on Wednesday morning, illustrating that there is confidence in UK carbon allowances as an attractive asset. And there was significant interest in the first auction last week. So, so generally speaking, carbon prices have soared in recent months as governments have have stepped up their targets for cutting emissions. Yes, indeed. But buying these credits then allows companies to offset their own pollution in terms of excess carbon production. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So essentially, this is the system will put a price on carbon pollution. And it's a key part of the UK government's pledge to become a net zero economy by 2050. So in terms of how the programme will work, there'll be a limit on the volume of greenhouse gases that heavy polluters can emit. These companies require to buy carbon credits, which can be traded to cover their output. So these big polluters like power plants and manufacturers will be given a set allowance to cover their CO2 and other greenhouse gas emissions. So if they pollute above this level, they'll need to buy more or if they cut pollution, they can sell them for profit. A genuine market, it seems. It's one to keep track of then as major economies bring forward their targets for net zero emissions. If we turn to the week ahead, there looks to be a raft of data from the US, such as personal spending, durable goods orders, as well as a second estimate of Q1 GDP. But the most closely watched is likely to be the PCE inflation figure for April, Pella. Yes. Following the higher-than-expected CPI inflation print on the 12th of May, forecasts for the PCE inflation numbers, which are due out this Friday, have been pushed higher as well. Goldman Sachs, for example, have guided they expect core PCE to come out at 2.8% year-on-year and headline PCE to come out at 3.4% year-on-year. So I think the market is already expecting a core PCE inflation figure that is higher than the Fed's 2% target. And that in itself won't alarm anyone, I don't think. The Fed has been pretty open. They do expect to see some higher than target inflation figures in this period. The key is that they consider these to be transitory. So the market will worry more about anything that suggests that the increase in inflation may be more than passing. Thank you both very much indeed. Thank you, Lorna.